Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. I'm Bob Williams, and to my side, it's our humble host, Jim Gerhardt. Good morning, Jim. Yeah, good morning. Good morning, everybody. A little touch of springtime out there today. Puts a, puts a bit of spring in your step. Feels good. This is, uh, I, I, if you hear a sound, it, it's kind of like a rumbling, whirring type sound. And what it is, if you put your ear to the ground, the founding fathers of this country are whirling over in their graves. Not just turning over in their graves, but they are spinning like a duck on a runaway rotisserie. Yeah. Over the behavior of our Congress. What is it? Last night, the Congress had uh, passed a bill which has to be moved on out of the Senate and to the president. But it's in the early stages and it looks like it's a done deal to completely change the character of America's elections. Right. And put elections in the hands of the uh, of the federal government, which means the party in power can manipulate our elections any way they want. Uh, so if this goes through, it is clearly unconstitutional because there's nothing clearer in the Constitution than the fact that states individually set the rules for elections. This way, it, it opens it wide open for any kind of uh, influencing I don't dare say corruption, that's politically not, not nice, but any influence that anybody wants to exert. And believe me, they want to exert it. So uh, that is that explains the sound. I, I just thought I would bring that up. Right. So, Bob, what uh, some observations you've made this morning? Well, to, to, to your point about that H.R. 1 voter legislation that just passed the lower house last night, I would uh, also uh, call it the it, are we now the United State of America? Where's the autonomy of the 50 individual states? I mean, just a couple. I'm, I'm very, very upset about this. I mean, it really just makes it uh, legal that all states have to offer mail in voting and mm-hmm. Which is certainly rife for uh, for issues, um, and it really just uh, turns the tables in favor of one party or another, and it's it's very very disturbing. United State of America, where where is the local government rule here? Well, the reason you're getting disturbed, and a lot of people are, is that you're looking at this from some standpoint of reason and sense. What is re- what makes sense? Uh, you cannot look at what's going on in this country politically now from that standpoint. One overriding issue is the complete grab for consolidation of power by one political group, one political party. And they're acting fast to get this done while nobody's looking. You know, we're going to divert you with a virus <laughs> or, or whatever else, or, or the fact that uh, Governor Cuomo had looked cross-eyed at a woman. And uh, while we gain this power, so everything Everything is done for the consolidation of the power. Now, one thing, now, this, of course, is my uh, thought, speculation, if you want. Uh, I don't think it's a widespread theory, but it seems to me obvious. The only thing that this group fears, this progressive cabal that's taken over here, the triumvirate, I guess, the only thing that they really fear politically now is the midterm election, which comes up in two years. In the midterm election, the party in power generally loses seats. Now, the houses of Congress are so closely aligned now, divided so so uh, to a minimal, that the, the ruling party only has a fair majority in these. It could, be, it could lose power. Chances are if, uh, they probably would lose some power. And it's very likely in two years, the people in response to what's going on could go to the polls and overturn this entire Congress and put the other party in. 
So they have to guard against that. They have to start now. And of course, there you go, the voting change here, which gives them great power to, as I said, to influence elections or even to call the election off if they want, because they're acting in a very dictatorial fashion. Right. So I think you have to look at it that way, because when you discuss these things, and I thought a good reason for that is we talked about this last week, the marijuana law in New Jersey that stops police from notifying parents of children. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah. yeah. Now, so the obvious question is, why? What's the point in that? There isn't any. Nobody can come up with a reason for that because many, it's so ridiculous. Many and so the whole thing, end, it ends up as part and parcel of what serves the agenda of a, an ideology, a group, a movement, if you want, that is taking over power. And uh, they're in the catbird seat right now in Washington. And you, you can't get answers, especially from the president. <laughs> you see the, the bit yesterday, President uh, O'Biden was addressing a group. And I do not recall journalist or what. At the very end, he said, OK, now I will take questions if right. there are any. Yeah. He took a breath to, I guess, to point and say, what's your question? But before that, his handlers grabbed him and... and Drag right. him off the stage. <laughs> so they, cut the feet, they, right. they will not, for some reason, even the president of the United States cannot yeah. speak for himself. And so what you are getting then, anytime he does make an address, unfortunately, this man is ending up like a chatty Cathy doll. Somebody's back there, an ideological monitor, pulls right. the, the cord in the back of the neck, and he comes out and says, we are doing this for the people. Do, 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 do. Yeah. And so... It's uh, it's it's a strange world, right? Going on, but but again, I guess the essence of what I'm saying is, look at this from the standpoint of an actual revolution. If you want, it's going on. Now, I'm not using this in a pejorative necessarily sense, because it's done with a certain degree of legality. But it amounts to you're talking about an insurrection. This is an insurrection by a political ideology and its followers who are changing and trying to do a way to eradicate anything that went before. I mean, that's obvious. You can see that going on right now. The, the, oh, the next thing, you're talking about the Congress with the Voting Act uh, of the law. The, uh, the next thing, as I understand it, on their agenda, which they may be doing as we talk, is to uh, defund police or to... to uh, what is it to to modify? I guess they call it police funding. And so, in other words, that you are going to, in effect, it would trickle down to reducing the number of police on the street and reducing their capacity to deal with crime. Now, I saw this yesterday from a legitimate source in Philadelphia, and it says in Philadelphia, there were 300 people shot since January 1st. That's what is this, March the 4th? In two months? That sounds like an entire total for you. Yeah. 300 people shot. They're on track now for what, between 1,800 and 2,000 police, uh, 2,000 shootings. These are not police shootings. These are criminal acts. Right. Uh, and so I believe it is probably maybe today or tomorrow they are set to vote on national defunding of police. Uh, Go figure. Yeah. Don't ask why. <laughs> Again, that, that plays into my dictum. Don't 
So ask why. Oh, another thing. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of jumping around here. You guys, anytime you want, you'll stick your toe in the door and I'll, I'll let you in. But, uh, I, we get so overloaded with stuff. But uh, to uh, the, the pictures of the the pictures of the uh, uh, the the, uh, the National Guardsmen, the troops in Washington. Yeah. Dan Dan Alexander with us, our, our our crack news reporter here. You everybody has seen that now. Uh, the sad lot of these National Guardsmen eating rotten food. They look like homeless people. You're sleeping on the streets. Letter to House Speaker Pelosi asking her to fire the company that's been handling the food catering for the for the uh, guardsmen that are down there. We have uh, New Jersey has about 300 guardsmen down there now and uh, she Michigan uh, guard also is affected by this and they have asked for the caterer to be fired and uh, to obviously improve the situation quickly. But yeah, they've been sleeping on the Senate floor, which really kind of surprised me because I thought they would at least stay in barracks or they stayed in uh, I know the New, the New Jersey troops that when they were down there, they stay in hotels, so they're not necessarily part of the picture you're seeing. But um, yeah, it's it's very sad to see that. Well, uh, so this is a part of the. Uh, they should nickname the uh, the uh, I, I guess the country uh, Pelosivania, right? Because yeah. she seems to be in charge of this now. Everything that's going on. Well, apparently. Well, Jim, going back to January 6th, apparently she had a lot of knowledge that's just coming out now prior to the uh, the attack on the Capitol that uh, they knew something was coming, that there was a credible threat, that they needed to deploy National Guard troops. And the, the command never came. They had at least a day's notice before um, before this thing happened. And, you know, apparently the mayor of D.C., the Capitol police chief and uh, possibly even the uh, you know the uh, the speaker of the house had had information about this this is all still coming out so who are we to believe and today is supposed to be the big day in washington where mm. it's um, the true inauguration day uh, going back what uh, 1937 was the last time that uh, march 4th was the uh, the inauguration day but uh, today is apparently in some circles people think that Donald Trump is going to come back today that's, the president. That's interesting. It's like the uh, the political version of the rapture, which, of course, <laughs> if the rupture, I guess. If that's right. going on. There are groups who actually expect what Donald Trump to come down in a cloud, and he's surrounded by winged sheriffs strumming stringed instruments, you know, in the back of the curtain, and, and, and regain the throne. I, I have serious doubts. Yeah. But nowadays, who the heck knows? It's... But, uh, it's ridiculous. You, know, you mentioned something here interesting about uh, knowing in advance what was going on. And you have mentioned it many times, Rahm Emanuel's famous phrase that there's no uh, no crisis you can't take an advantage of or words to that effect. Consider this. Now, this is a parallel. And consider how this plays into my notion of everything circulating around or involving power in one group, this group grabbing for power while they can quickly before people catch on. Do you remember, and you wouldn't remember, I, I don't remember, I was well, I was a toddler then, I guess, but in 1933, the Reichstag fire in Germany? Oh, yeah, I've read about that, yes. All right, well, what happened was, just briefly, is that the, uh, the Nazi party had won an election, and uh, they talked Hindenburg, this legendary leader in Germany, they talked him into... Uh, 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 anointing a man named Adolf Hitler as chancellor. 
And so, in effect, the Nazi Party had great power in the in the in the Congress, or the effect, the legislature in in Germany, but they didn't have all the power they wanted. And very conveniently, shortly after uh, this was put in, they were put into that seat. Right. Very soon, the Reichstag, which is the equivalent of our capital, caught fire. Hmm. And so, what happened was, and it's still arguable who set fire to it, but I think everybody knows they did it themselves. But what they did, they created a crisis, and this gave them the excuse for suspending civil liberties, saying enemies of the enemies of the country did this. We have to deal with this. It was the communists. It was the Jews. They did it. We have to deal with this, but we need complete power. And so everybody said, oh, well, well, if that's the case, yeah, we can't have this. So they gave them dictatorial power. That is how the uh, the Nazi party got total totalitarian power in New Jersey was based in New Jersey. Oh, boy. Freudian slip. <laughs> in Germany, <laughs> it was through this uh, this crisis. Now, a parallel, and again, obviously, I'm not trying to compare any of the personalities involved in this with this, but as a matter of just historical fact, this group in Washington have taken advantage of the, uh, the, the, the riot at the Capitol to say, boy, we need all of this these troops, right. and we have to have all of this power. We have to have certain civil liberties suspended because we have this terrible threat. Well, they're expecting, I am told or I read, uh, they have these troops there because they're expecting some kind of an attack today. Today, right. I don't think there's a chance of a snowball you-know-where that there's going to be any kind of a problem. I agree. But it doesn't matter. This gives them the excuse. That ridiculous, dastardly attack by whoever the heck did it uh, on, the, on, the, on the Capitol on the 6th of January, this, this opened the door for this. And it's an exact parallel to how other countries have, have created a threat. Right. And then it, it's like, uh, you go back to ancient days, it's kind of like a knight who's down on his luck and he wants to make some money. So he comes riding into town and says, my God, there's a dragon out there, this terrible dragon. And, and I'll kill him if, if you'll give me this uh, you know, the money. So everybody just loads up their bags of coins and everything they have and give it to him. He's going to go out and save them from this threat. But it turns out he himself is the threat. Right. He, he's, he's, got his, he's got his dumbass cousin sitting out there in a cave yeah. with a flamethrower pretending he's a dragon. So. Right. It, it, it's, yeah. it's setting up a it, it is Rahm Emanuel's thing of taking advantage of a crisis. And uh, hence our uh, message here on the Facebook this morning has uh, the COVID pandemic become a political pandemic. And I yeah. think you're illustrating that point very well, um, turning over to um, uh, the, the reopening with the mask debate uh, this past week. Texas and Mississippi have lifted all of their mask mandates statewide, allowing uh, businesses and the like to open up at 100 percent. And everybody is bashing them from the president on down, calling them Neanderthals. And the governors are Neanderthal with their Neanderthal thinking and really just bashing them. And and frankly, when people are just hearing that headline, oh, yeah, those guys are real bad. People aren't taking time to really just unpeel and just look at the layers of what's involved here. In my opinion, and you know, I could be wrong, the, the governors in Texas and Mississippi have just given the people the freedom to move on, to, to open up. It's not saying that you can't wear a mask, but it's not required. So if you want to protect yourself and wear a mask 
And if you don't want to frequent uh, an establishment that's open at 100 percent and it's getting a little crowded for you, stay home. But at least those governors are giving their their uh, citizens the freedom to choose, which we have not had uh, since these, uh, you know, these parliamentary rules have gone in uh, last uh, March. Right. Wouldn't you agree? Well, your freedom of choice is being eroded. This is part and parcel of the other thing I was talking about. Uh, this, this imposing the restrictions and the power. Uh, and one of the problems, at least that I have with it, I don't see any coherent delineation of what they're after. What is the end game of, of this political convolution that's going on? What is the end game? Nobody's talking about that. And so that leaves us to speculate. And we speculate without knowledge. We go wild. Consequently, all of all of these wild theories out there, because the human mind is programmed to want to make sense. It's a survival mechanism. You have to know which tiger <laughs> was going to get you right. and which rabbit out there wasn't. You know, so you had to have some kind of certainty. The uh, uh, I, oh, you, you mentioned the governors. How about uh, how about Governor Cuomo? Yeah, this is this is a fascinating study right now. And it shows how the bar of political correctness has been lowered and lowered and lowered. At one time, if you were accused of criminal sexual harassment, you know perfectly well the person accused had physically attacked somebody and worked their wicked will upon that person. Right. This has dropped down and down and down and to the point it's almost looking cross-eyed at somebody. If they make a subjective judgment, that you have a Turian thought in your head. But I think, uh, without getting into that, I, I think the charges against uh, Governor Cuomo, uh, when the, the sexual harassment thing, uh, I have a bit of trouble with that because what these acts that he performed, I would not claim that they may not have offended people, but these are simply the acts of, a, of, a, of an ego run amok, which the man obviously has. Uh, there's no accusation that he physically assaulted anybody and yet this is the charge simply because subjectively somebody said well i thought he might uh so but the the point is that that i want to make there is so much furor about this that it is overshadowing the big question right. of the behavior of mario cuomo who was back with the nursing home Andrew. of sending these people into uh well oblivion really right. Uh, but this is this. You wonder if the sexual harassment thing, if he's not stirring it up himself because it's diverting attention from the real problem. Every time well, he speaks, he just really takes himself a bigger hole, really. Uh, probably. But again, you see, this is the this is the great beauty of having an unassailable megalomaniacal personality being a real psycho you cannot see or understand or grasp the fact that you've done anything wrong. And, and there we are. This, you know, I, I'd read this before, and I'm not sure of the author of this. I have a suspicion, but I don't know. But it says, the, the thing was, imagine a small handful of ridiculously wealthy, powerful psychopaths that they could make you believe anything they wanted by simply controlling what they put on TV. Right. Yes. Here, here we are. Here we are. Man, we, we got Washington to be changed it to Hoover City, USA. 
Mm. You've yep. got colossal egos going here. So uh, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. so, come- so here, we, here we are. And uh, I meant to open with this by saying this, or say welcome to American Civil War II. We had World Wars I and II. We had Civil Wars I and II. We're in Civil War II right now. Civil War I, and they're diametrically opposed in their purpose. Uh, Civil War I was fought over unifying the country. Civil War II, where we find ourselves now, at least a cold civil war, is based on tearing the country apart. Right. And so you wonder what was the purpose of the first one if we end up here in the second one, back worse than we were when we started. Yeah. So uh, it's it's very it's very difficult to take. I talked to somebody yesterday. They talk about uh, turning into a socialist country. I don't think many people anyway fear socialism as much as they fear the idiocy, this woke stuff that's going on, the cancel culture which actually has nothing to do with a political ideology. This is a social ideology that are absurd. They're asinine. Everybody should be able to see that, but people for some reason join in, for whatever their reason is. Uh, and so this, I talked to someone who made a, a very interesting comment. Uh, this person is part of a business in this country. They are going to move, he said that they're gonna move to another country. Because, again, it's a small business, but they're going to move because they cannot take, you know, ending up with their stomach turned upside down every day with the asininity and the fear that somebody's going to come along and dig up something that when they were 12 years old, they look cross-eyed at somebody. Therefore, they are going to be canceled, you know, which is happening. They're dredging up these idiotic things from way back in the past that meant nothing and destroying careers over it. So I said, where are you going to move to? Well, he told me. I said, my God, that's a socialist country. And it is. So here's a case. It's, it's, not, it's not a big country, not one of the Western countries. I won't say what it is, but, it, but it's, it's a country that has extremely well-working socialism. But it's basic socialism. It's not tainted with what we have, this idiotic uh, PC poison. And so, but here's, here's somebody who, we are all fearing socialism, this country, which it is going toward. But in the process of it, we are causing people to be so revolted by it that they're moving to a socialist country to get out of the United States of America, which is supposed to be the bastion of freedom. Yeah, that's uh, it it is very ironic. Very ironic. So you had mentioned the marijuana bill uh, a few minutes ago. Um, This thing has really taken a bizarre turn. Um, The latest is that uh, the bill passed. Uh, Dan can uh, chime in if he'd like, uh, but there's a couple of little caveats there that it really restricts the police and they're um, able to enforce, uh, you know, violations for those uh, using it if they're minors. Right, Dan? Yeah, basically uh, an officer cannot, uh, on the first, if an officer smells uh, marijuana during a traffic stop and it's a, it's, it's a juvenile under 18, they're not supposed to notify parents. And it's actually the first two offenses. They don't. They're not able to. They. It's not grounds for an arrest, and it's not. Um, 
it's not uh, they cannot notify parents of of the violation for the first two times it happens the third time all bets are off and then parents get involved but the first two times they can't and it's, it's drawing a response from a lot of law enforcement around the state uh, last night the seaside heights borough council uh, passed a resolution asking for a repeal of that uh, of that measure uh, urging citizens to uh, call the legisla their legislators to uh, to repeal it. Uh, a couple of other, uh, the, the mayor in Bridgewater has said that uh, he's against it. Uh, Robbinsville, South Brunswick's uh, police chief, a lot of uh, various... Uh, a number of, a number of them. We, we yeah. went through this last week. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it's still still a story. It's still current. And, Bob, you sent, you sent me this statement by a chief of police. I don't remember the town. It was a North Jersey town. Yeah, it was in Mount It's very typical. Where was it? Mount Olive, and Mount Olive. they're basically it's very typical. But 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 here, here here's going to be the result of that, Dan and, and Bob. What's going to happen is this going to put this thing off even further. Yeah. You know, because now they're saying that the, these laws will not. Well, that that one's in effect now, I take it. But but coming up, the marijuana. When is it, Dan? They say early next year the whole thing may kick in. Well, this will probably put it off if we have to stop and make amendments to it. Well, the the law about uh, law enforcement is now in effect. It's yeah. the, the markets for uh, selling the means to sell recreational marijuana. That's still yet to be worked out. Or growing it, too, I understand. Grow, you cannot grow it. You're not, cannot, yeah, you, you cannot still cannot grow legally it. grow it. Yeah, and, and the towns can opt out of this law that allows it if they want and forbid anybody from doing it in their town. But, but it's a, interestingly, a lot of the towns that had previously said that they were not going to participate, they have to start over again to, again, Reject it. They can't. Their their previous uh, their previous votes are null and void. How 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 in the world, without towering genius, can you mess up a simple thing like legalization of recreational use of marijuana? <laughs> you you can't you you give that you give that challenge to a bunch of monkeys at a zoo, and they will come up more quickly. Yeah. <laughs> What's good, Dan? I'd like to look at what's under the water here. Is what what could be the undercurrent that's stopping this? Uh, that that's what the the luddite throwing the throwing the monkey wrench into the machinery. It just keeps at every turn. Somebody throws a monkey wrench into the machinery. What what's what's going on? The big thing. I mean, obviously, the law uh, happens uh, ultimately with the signature from the governor. And in this case, Governor Murphy was interested in social justice, and he did not want to see. He believes that um, uh, black and brown members of the of the population were uh, targeted or uh, cited more often than not, and he wanted to see. The, uh, he wanted to put an end to that, and he felt that by this this he insisted on that legislation before it would pass. Well, now you go back and listen to a transcript of what you said, which I'm sure is accurate. And you tell me what it means in English and how, how this has any bearing on the situation. The fact that I believe in see that they use this social justice for everything. Right. Well, what the hell does that have to do with, with this? I, what he said, maybe what you, what you have quoted him as saying is probably true, but that's another issue. Well, he, he thinks it's an issue with. Uh, with marijuana and drug use and and drug youth uh, drug use and youth, and he's that's where he's kind of planting his flag, and that's that's how this legislation came to be. There's no you see that 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 to me is makes absolutely no sense. It has no relation to the problem. Well, and yet I guess if you get up and yell social justice enough, everybody will, oh yeah yeah I don't 
<laughs> you yell social justice or racism, it will stop a bull elephant in full charge. Yeah. You, you, you fall over. Yeah, I don't know. I don't last, know. last thing I wanted to bring up for you today is yeah. uh, gas prices. This is really ticking <laughs> me off. I called Dan after the first of the year. I went into my gas station. It was 215 and then all of a sudden, the next day, it went to 235. I called Dan immediately. I said, hey, Dan, does this have anything to do with our gas tax here in the state? Did that kick in or something like that? And Dan says, no, not that he's aware of. And he, he didn't have any idea what was uh, going on, what was causing the, the raise in the price. Um, and now here we are, uh, what, six, eight weeks later, and the price of gas nationwide is between 50 and 70 cents more per gallon than it was. Um, I am just completely, you know, uh, I just don't know what to think of that. Uh, why is it like that? Um, it's uh, it's just nuts. I it, I, uh, I I would I, I know I overdo quoting because I spend much of my time reading and I sort of think that. But um, yes, it, it's just an incredible amount of. Um, it's it's just crazy how much that uh, Bob. We seem to have lost Jim. So that seemed well. Well, we were just talking, uh, Dan, about um, you know how much that gas has just gone up, and uh, why. I mean, all of a sudden. I mean, and and President Trump, he had a speech over the weekend. He says more to come. He says enjoy it. Well, we could go up to between four to six dollars a gallon oh. if things aren't changed. And here's Jim. Jim's back. Oh, he's upside down, but we got him back. It's live. The equivalent of live radio. <laughs> a famous book and a famous movie called Catch Twenty Two. Joseph Heller wrote Catch Twenty Two. Here's the catch. You know, you've heard this story. Well, here's the catch. Here's the. He said Catch Twenty Two was they can do anything to you that you cannot stop them from doing, and he was regarding the government there. Right. I, I, I want to start on a, or stop here on a hopeful thing, if I can squeeze in a hopeful note. I've never seen, what, Bill Maher, is that his name, who has the television oh, yeah. program? Yeah. Okay, Bill Maher, I've never seen him except in his movie. You remember the movie he was in? He was a star in the movie one time. It was called Amazon Women in the Avocado Jungle of Love. It was a bad movie, but Bill Maher, <laughs> anyway, he, he, is notable, he is a notable liberal. And yet he has said something that I think is a note of hope. Uh, here is maybe somebody turning and finally looking the problem in the, in the eye. He's, he is urging people to resist woke, was his term, to resist the, can uh, the cancel culture, to stop apologizing, to stand up for what you believe, stand up to it, reject this pressure that's on you. I thought that was very significant, yeah. and, I, and I certainly would agree with him 100%. Every now and again, you find somebody who is standing up to it, but if enough, do it. And again, I will go back to that quote that I've used before from Edward R. Murrow, and I'll end with that, saying that uh, a nation of sheep will create a government of wolves. Hello. Hello. Right. Great way to end. Thank you, Jim. And uh, we'll be here every Thursday, next Thursday at 1030, right here on Facebook Live. You can catch our podcast on demand anytime you want at nj1015.com on the New Jersey 101.5 app and all of our other station platforms. Dan Alexander, thanks for all your help and support, our director and our producer and our host, Jim Gerhardt. Thank you very much, Jim. And 
Yeah, I, I was going to see. I'm, I'm turned back up right now. I was going to see if I could drink coffee upside down. <laughs> hey, everybody, God bless you. And please take care of us. And uh, we will, God willing, try this again. See if we can get this big thing off the ground again next week. Bye.